0: Well, hello. I'm Amelia Myers.
1: I'm Jason Rozoach. And, and this, this is Married to Hollywood. Hollywood, where
0: we break down the good, the bad, and the ugly. About
1: being married to each other. And, and the industry.
0: industry. Ooh, you joined me.
1: Ah, it's a new year. I figured I might Shana as well. Torah, Shana torah, everybody. Happy New Hap- Year.
0: Happy New Year.
1: <laughs> happy year. Uh, is it 5778? Uh, uh, 82. Fifty-seven eighty-two. How many years have I missed on the Jewish <laughs> calendar that I don't know what year it is?
0: I think it's fifty-seven eighty-two. Double check that. I feel like that's what Ivan said last night at Rosh Hashanah dinner. We were at. Um, it's
1: fifty-seven eighty-two.
0: Fifty-seven eighty-two. Yeah. We were at my brother Seth's and sister-in-law Megan's house yesterday for a lovely Rosh Hashanah dinner. Megan really went above and beyond. Everything yeah, was, was delicious beautiful. and delicious. was beautiful. And Lila. Lila
1: contemplated doing <laughs> dinner. she didn't.
0: <laughs> she went into full-on energizer bunny mode, and it was hysterical. And this big booming voice came out of her. and she and Claire went running around and they had a they had a great time. quick little cute Lila story that just happened. So Lila did this yesterday. and then she did it again today, and I think it might turn into a thing.
1: She walks you to work. She
0: walks me to work. So we were downstairs and playing and snuggling. and then I said, I have to go upstairs and get work done now. And she wanted me to stay, and she she even said, but come and eat with me. And I had I, I just finished breakfast, and I went, oh, honey, I already finished my breakfast. She goes, but you're still hungry. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I mean, went, oh, not, I am?
1: That's not a lie. I'm sure you it, are. No,
0: I could definitely still eat more. But it was just so cute. She goes, but you're still hungry. Totally justifiable in her the way she said it. Like, but this is fact. Like, so come sit back down with me. You're silly. (laughs) It was very cute. So then I said, well, I gotta go. And she goes, can you hold me? Can you pick me up? And my belly's just gotten so big. Picking her up has gotten very, very hard. So I said, I'm very pregnant. So I gave her a huge hug and big kisses. And then she goes, I know what to do. And I said, what? She goes, I will walk you to the office. And I went, are you going to walk me to work? She goes, yes, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) And she takes me by the it's hand and walks me up the stairs. And my parents are watching um
1: the stream of Russia Shana the, the Service. Yeah, the live the other room. stream.
0: And the shofar was being blasted right as we were walking by. And she goes, What is that? And so we stood for a second and watched the shofar. And then she walked me to work into <laughs> the it's office. Very cute. And said hi to you. And now she's gonna go play for a little while. But Good. it was just, my goodness, her cuteness knows no bounds. It's true. And her sweetness. And she's really hit that three-year-old stage. Not the why. Now, usually the why phase has already happened. Maybe we got lucky. But she does her own version of the why stage. She doesn't ask why to every question. Mm -hmm. But she's asking very detailed, specific questions and wants to know why things are the way they are or how things work. But typically, you know, when you're two and a half or so is when they go, why? 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 To every question, because they want to know and they want to learn. She didn't do that, but she is doing, I feel like a sophisticated version of that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. How are you doing? How was your week?
1: Um, lots of ups and downs lo- um, from a, a, a real estate side of things. Um, really interesting um, thing I'm doing for class. I'll be working on uh, Jerry Maguire, the script. How'd uh, it turnover. go last night? Um, well, I just did a I just did a bridge exercise, which um, for those of you that don't know the parlance of Anthony Gillardi Acting Studio, <laughs> um, bridge exercise is where you try to find something that you don't quite get about your character, and um, you tell a story from your own personal life that works within the context and within the story of the character to give you a personal bridge to connect your experiences in your own life to what the character's going through or where they started in their journey. So, Very cool. Yeah. Um, so for those of you that don't know the story of Jerry Maguire, which, spoiler alert, it's like, what, from 1993,
0: 94? Um, 95,
1: I nine think, a, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, Jerry Maguire is a very, very accomplished um, sports agent, but uh, he has an epiphany, life-changing moment, and he decides to basically make it about what it should be about, which is the relationships and the people, not just the money. And as a result, he loses his coveted job, the huge company he's with. And anyway, so what I was trying to do was I was trying to find the, the love of sport before he became a money hungry agent.
0: Oh, interesting. So,
1: cause I understand the journey from, I, cause the, the journey is like, Cameron Crowe's script is so um, by the numbers, but done well, if that I makes feel, sense. I feel like
0: I want to read the script because the movie is so good. I'm very curious as to how the script
1: um, the, it's, reads. The script reads so well. It's so fluid. Uh, it's like 131 pages, and it moves. It feels like you're reading an episode of TV, this pace at which Were it, there any it additional
0: scenes in the Script that didn't Um, make it to the final cut?
1: I haven't seen the movie in so long. I don't Ah, know. Okay. Um, Okay. But I would say what was really impressive to me about it is how iconic Jerry Maguire is, but also how every man he's written, that Tom Cruise really, like, huge hats off to Tom Cruise, Cooper Gooding Jr., and the whole cast for their ability to really embrace that script because there's not a lot in the script. So the humanity that they brought is... They really
0: brought to They the, really
1: brought themselves yeah. to those roles because the script is so easy to read. It's so... It just moves really well. The storytelling, it like the story beats and everything primes you for what's about to happen next. So the emotional journey you go on as a reader and uh, as I recall as a viewer is just, it's spoon-fed and you're handheld the whole way, and not in a negative Mm -hmm. way, but just like you're led, you're led beat to beat in a way that um, you don't often, uh, I I don't see a lot in film, and I don't feel a lot in uh, when I read scripts these days, or like newer scripts.
0: Didn't uh, uh, Gooding Jr., isn't that, when he won Best Supporting Actor into the backflip on stage? he did. Yeah. (laughs) That was such a great moment. What was, and you don't have to share if you don't want to, what was your... Uh, bridge story?
1: Um, so <laughs> when I was uh, 16 or 17 um, I was visiting the University of Miami down in Florida um, and I was in the middle of my swim season in high school and my coach basically said hey if you don't post a personal best at your next heat because I kind of like took this trip it's like the first trip to college that I didn't line up on a on a break. It's just kind of like was like available to go. My parents were able to go. And so we so went. You went and basically said like, if you don't post a personal best at this next heat, I'm going to take you off the tip, basically take away your captaincy of the team. Oh, oh. I was like, Oh, okay. That's motivation. So when I was down there in Florida, um, my grandparents lived there at the time and we were staying at their condo and I was just swimming in the pool. And my grandfather who I'd already always looked up to cause he was a pro soccer player before World war two, amazing athlete in his own right um uh, my grandfather was watching me swim and he said, I'm so glad that you found this because you're not good at soccer, was basically what he said. And I played soccer to try to emulate him. Yeah. And and
0: you, you were good at soccer. Yeah. You were. Yeah.
1: I, I almost played in college. Yeah. um, But it was like a... St- just a stake to the heart. Yeah. And but he, and he had,
0: totally meant it as a compliment, yeah, he, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the way it came across.
1: Yeah. But uh, last night, what I did was I, um, because Jerry is so, he's so positive, he is, because um, he's, he's so proactively a salesperson, he's selling to himself constantly. Not just selling to other people, but selling to himself. And he's trying to find the silver lining and the next piece for a positive outcome, not in a negative way. Like, he's not trying to sell to um, pull one over on people. And I think that, well, at least finding that nugget before he moves to selling people to make money selling to, and selling people and selling things to people and selling products and all that stuff, finding the place where there was a huge negative in my life that for Jerry had to be the thing to make a light bulb go on of positivity... And finding that difference um, was really—that's why I chose that moment. And uh, I was reading—I cool. was rereading that's the script really cool. very quickly yesterday, and I teared up because that moment. I remember my grandfather doing that. And I was like, "Oh my god, I was so... Pay- oh wait, that's great." <laughs> <laughs> that'll that'll work You're like, for that works. that'll that'll work for Jerry. That works.
0: Um, so it's yeah. the bridge exercise with Jellardies. That's my personalization of what I do with the songs. That that's that's the that's the same exercise. I just call it something different um, or similar. Well, he it's calls it. It's not the same exercise, but it's a, it's very similar. I do that with my clients, uh, putting personal stories into the song lyrics so yeah, it's no, like a he, bunch of their he, own stories in there. Well
1: the, the particular exercise is called the bridge exercise mm-hmm. but Gillardi believes in personalization. Yeah. Um, whereas a That's lot of or awesome. a, a lot of acting coaches and teaching teach substitution right. He says no, substitution doesn't work because then in that moment when you're supposed to be seeing th- your loved one dying you're trying to remember the death of your cat if you've never lost a person and you're substituting that, And and that doesn't work. work. But the point of the bridge exercise and his view of personalization is your body and your brain have to understand the essence of a feeling. Yes. And once you have a deep, deep visceral understanding of that essence of a feeling, real thoughts lead to real feelings. Real feelings lead to real actions.
0: Absolutely.
1: And it's... uh, Really, one of those those things that um, because he there's not a lot given about his background, and since Jerry is also the narrator of his film of the script, there's um, from a reader from an artist perspective, he could be lying because he's such a salesperson. He could be selling the situation, and so you have to. Oh,
0: well, that's an interesting spin.
1: Well, you have to you have to um, kind of take that into account for some of the things that are a little bit more fantastical within the script like the speed at which he and Dorothy get married like yes. there's certain there's certain things that like kind of Happen really easily. <laughs>
0: That's the movie, by the way, that catapulted Renee Zellweger. She had done several things before, including Empire Records, one of my absolute personal favorites. Um, but it was Jerry Maguire that yeah. shot and, her into the A-list stratosphere. And
1: Dorothy... Find me at hello. Dorothy is not written like... <clears throat> it, again, I, I will repeat this over and over again. It is so interesting how you can read a great script... But you can also see that there it's a blank slate. Yeah, and that's one of those really exciting things for me as an actor, creator, is when you're not dictating to the actor what to do. You're not dictating to the director. I think Cameron co-directed it too. Um, or oh, you're not. Di- yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're maybe right. didn't. Um, but you're you're not dictating it to people how to do it yeah. because it's such a blank slate. There's certain things definitely that you want to create a certain type of um, aura or flavor within a scene and that's fine because that influ- that's like a, it's needed for certain things yeah. but generally it's a, it's a script that really works all on its own as a blank slate. It could be set in any time um, with a few little adjustments to uh, technology here and there but it's also really an interesting thing to think about The life of a sports agent before cell phones and before the proliferation of the internet.
0: Yeah,
1: and it's like oh, it was ninety six.
0: I think it was ninety six. I
1: I can't imagine trying to stay on top of a roster of a few hundred actors or artists or athletes without being able to text an email from my hand and without being able to because how
0: much it's changed.
1: Yeah, and the personal touches that Jerry would have prided himself on at the beginning of his career and like the like the corporate kind of arc of his life where he doesn't it doesn't excite him to take care of the people and he only gets excited about the money.
0: Yeah.
1: In like then because Jerry has a huge arc in the first ten or fifteen pages of the script. And then it's his struggle with finding Reconciling his... Reconciling that. His, it's, yeah, it's a struggle yeah. of learning his new self, who's yeah. actually his true self, throughout the rest of the film.
0: Man, I'm thinking of the supporting cast in that film, Regina King, Kelly Preston, like, my gosh. Wait, Marcy's
1: like, Regina King, the wife?
0: Yes. Wow. <laughs> it's one of my favorites of hers. I mean, she's been around... You know, Regina King's been around forever, but it's so Golly, nice that she now... she's ageless. She, I know, she looks... Exactly the same, but it is amazing that 25 years later, the esteem, the, the, what's the word I'm looking for? She's, she's truly regarded as one of the, recognition, Recognition. she's truly regarded as one of the greatest artists, directors, like she's actually branched out and made,
1: she's an accomplished human being. She's so
0: incredibly accomplished. And it, that was one of her, again, she'd been around a while before that too, but that was one of her first like big, big ones. And I, I love the scene where she goes into labor. That cracks me up. He's like, oh, baby. Oh, baby. No, oh, baby. No, baby. <laughs> they're all out to dinner. <laughs> yep. Yep. They're like, ah! I love that movie. And then, yeah, Kelly Preston, R.I.P. Uh, she she was his first ex-wife.
1: Kelly Preston was Avery? Mm-hmm. Uh, ex-fiancee in the script.
0: Oh, ex-fiancee. That's true. They never got married. Ex-fiancee. Okay. No, no. Same same thing in the movie. Okay. But, uh, Well, I'm so glad you're doing that. I feel like it's a perfect character for you. Enjoy this ride. uh, It'll it'll be great. It'll be fun. It'll It'll be be great. A little baby girl update, just because uh, I went to the doctor on both Friday and yesterday. I am 33 weeks now, and her head is measuring at 36 weeks in a day.
1: (laughs) And where's her head?
0: (laughs) And her head is not just resting on, but pressing down on the cervix so hard that is causing very sharp pains. <laughs> and I've been having a lot of Braxton Hicks and then these sharp pains are happening. So when I went in yesterday, I was like,
1: can you take a look at this? I just, just
0: wanna and they were like, wait, why, like how sharp? And I was like, like I almost had to pull over sharp. And they were like, We're gonna do a full cervical exam real quick, just to be sure. Yeah, you know. And the cervix is completely closed, which is fine. But you normally the baby's head, when it's head down, kind of floats right above the cervix. Sometimes it can touch. Hers is like pressing in so hard you can see the indent in the cervix of where they're pushing where she's pushing, and they were like, Well, no wonder you are hurting. And I, I feel super, super pregnant. As of this last week, it's like, whoa, I'm super pregnant. So I'll be 34 weeks on Friday. And it's just very exciting. it's it's, it's I'm still, you know, a little scared, obviously, a little nerve-wracking. Tomorrow night, we are attending a live webinar of this oh, woman who right. claims to have figured out a way to achieve a nearly painless natural childbirth. Yeah, she's
1: a liar. Uh,
0: it might all be, as Jason says, total bull. Liar. But, uh, <laughs> and it's the free seminar, so I know they're going to try to upsell the program at the end. But I am very curious as to what she has to say. She's given birth eight times. The first three were kind of that stereotypical insane pain, and then something clicked apparently or flipped her. I don't know what. So I am curious because having done this once before... There's a different anxiety around it. So the first time there's an anxiety of you don't know what to expect and you research and you prepare and nothing prepares you for when it's actually happening and then you give birth to a beautiful baby and it's a magical moment, but it's painful and the recovery is intense. The second time going into it, there's a little bit of i I've done it before, I can do it again, I am woman, hear me roar, huzzah. <laughs> and at the on the other flip side of that is but oh good God, I know what's coming and I'm so scared because I know what's coming. So that's something that I'm trying to deal with and wrap my head around and handle in a way so that I am as calm as I can during the delivery, but there is this anxiety of, but I know how much it's going to hurt because I've done this before. (laughs) 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 So I'm very curious as to what she has to say and then Jason and I need to start taking the actual course.
1: Yeah, we should probably do
0: that. You know, girl, there's not much time left. is coming in six weeks.
1: Yeah, pretty shortly. And
0: Lila, <laughs> I think we to, I told the story last week of big girl room versus little girl room. I think I did. Yeah. But you should see my Amazon cart. its I'm curating her bedroom right now and figuring out exactly I'm not going to look at the Amazon cart
1: so I don't stress <laughs> out on how much money is currently well, being allocated for it.
0: About two-thirds of what's in there is going to be deleted. It's just, you know, as I'm finding... She says that. And I I believe her, but I still find it stressful. I have like seven bedspreads in there. There's only going to be one bedspread, like things like that. And furniture, I'm trying to find... All right. So in LA, there was a place called the Melrose Trading Post at Melrose and Fairfax. And we loved it there. We got a lot of Lila's uh, nursery furniture there. We like to support the small businesses. And the price was unbeatable. The quality is unbeatable. And here we're just not finding options like that if any of you know of places in the DC area in the area. DC area i mean even up to baltimore i guess we, we, we could go one morning uh where there is it's a, it's not quite a flea market it's a step up from that but it's it's it it's a bunch of local artists who come all together yeah. and there's jewelry and food and and that sounds like something that might be in northeast and, you know yeah so if you know of anything because we need to get some furniture and Pottery Barn Kids is just too expensive. No it's offense. Really expensive. And it's very cookie cutter. No offense cutter. to who? To Pottery Barn.
1: Oh, okay. I don't think the, the corporate entity that is <laughs> that owns Pottery Barn. Okay, cool.
0: But it's just I I I don't feel comfortable spending fifteen hundred dollars on a kid's dresser. Of course. I just don't. Um, and since we have a lot of the baby furniture because of what we got for Lila, the original plan was that furniture would just carry on with Lila. But since it all kind of, even though it was a mismatched set that worked, it all matches the crib, that all just may stay in the baby's room and then we'll get Lila new stuff. So I'm looking on Amazon because the thing with Wayfair and Overstock, and again, no offense, the quality just isn't.
1: Sometimes it's hit or miss. It's, it's, hit, or, hit, or it's or miss. hit or
0: miss. So I would really like to find an like a... A a Melrose Trading Post type place here and see if we can get some furniture. But yes, it's going to be mermaid themed and it's going to be so cute. And I'm going to really make sure that gets done in the next few weeks so I can focus on the nursery because then the baby shows up. Good luck with that. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks so much. But yeah, aside from that, things are good. Good. This is my last month teaching before maternity leave. How do you feel about that? Very mixed feelings. I'm excited to take a breather and not have to teach. Well, in the the weeks leading up to the birth, but I love teaching and I love my students and, you know, not having that income come in is, with the baby coming is a little nerve wracking. I'll
1: I'll see what I can do about upping my income for the latter quarter of the year.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, But I, it it makes it feel very real knowing that I only have a few weeks of teaching left because then it's like, whoa, because then baby comes and there's just, I feel like there's so much more we have to do. There is. Before she shows up. 100%. And there just aren't enough hours in the day sometimes. 100%. Yeah. But then you look at, you know, Lin Manuel Miranda, who wrote Hamilton. So he had the same 24 hours in a day that we all do.
1: Yes, he did.
0: It took him many years to do it, but he- still. <laughs> But Still, I think it was what, seven years start to finish to write the show, yeah. yeah. Well,
1: I mean, he was taking a vacation after winning his first Tony and um, from in the heights, yeah, from the heights, and was like started reading Chernow's book, and that Tony got inspired, yep. So, yeah,
0: not to bring the mood totally down, oh, okay. but there were several uh Hollywood actors and, and personalities who passed away this week, mm-hmm. um, and every time there's a a death of an artist who passes young, like before their time, it just kind of... It stings. It stings. Yeah. And then same thing with breakups. Kaylee Cuoco and her husband of three years just announced their split. And it's always like... He and I always have five, like, we got this, we got this. But anytime <laughs> there's a big celebrity split or... you it just, just You hard. wish the best for
1: everyone and you, you feel do. sorry for families and you hope everyone's able to... Appropriately grieve their loss um, privately and do, deal with the... The, the one thing that um, I always find so interesting about celebrity is the the way in which we have this parasocial relationship where we have this like really intimate relationship with these people. Who we who, don't know. Who have know. no idea who we are.
0: Who we don't know.
1: And I don't... Like, uh, Kaylee Cuoco and her ex-husband... Yeah. I, I want them to deal with that privately. Like, that's none of my business.
0: Right, right.
1: And I hope that they find an amicable place. Cause don't, don't they have kids together? No. Oh, they don't. Okay, good. No. Good, good, No.
0: Good. But that's one of those ones where I have like a six degree of separation because her... Ooh, ooh, ouch. Sharp pain. <laughs> 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 ooh. Whew. Contractions. Um, ow. Um, oh, sorry. That totally d- derailed me for a second. Uh, her her co-star from Big Bang Theory Mm -hmm. Melissa, she and I met because our our girls were in the Piper preschool preschool mommy and me class together last year. And we became friendly. She had a a little boy uh, last year and she's all excited that we're having number two now. And she's so lovely and adorable and we became friendly. So there's like a six degree separation to Kaylee, but I don't know. I don't know Kaylee Cuoco. I I just wish her the best. And it's just, again, no judgment at all. It just makes me sad because she had just she had a two or three year marriage before this marriage, uh-huh. and it's just it. She's so successful, and it's one of those things of in the industry. A lot of time, unfortunately, you got to go success over relationship, or choose your relationship over success, and it happens a well, lot. Well,
1: I, I think not that all
0: the time, but it happens a lot. Well, it
1: has to be a constant conversation. Yeah, and not everybody. Um, not everybody's built for it. Not every relationship's no. built for it. No. So you just want people to find love. You just um, want them
0: to be happy, find love. And you want to be them satisfied. to find love within
1: themselves so that they're not seeking love and validation from other people. Because yeah. I feel like that's the kind of thing that can happen, especially in entertainment, is um, people, uh, actors crave attention. <laughs> and as a result of actors wanting to be in the spotlight, sometimes I think. There's certain deeply psychological things that we are not self aware of. And so, as opposed to handling those things for ourselves, we try to treat those things through the adulation of being famous, the love and support of other people. And as a result of, Um, not finding that love and that support and that strength within ourselves, Mm -hmm. we kind of take it from other things and take it from other people. And that's not fair to us. And that's also not fair to those people.
0: No. And that's also
1: not not fair. Like you're not going to give good, you're not going to make good art if you're worried about the product as
0: opposed to the process. One absolutely. One, that was very well put. One thousand percent. My heart just goes out to her, and I hope. I hope. Yeah. So. And, and, and again, I the no ex- judgment. Thing too. Like I, just, I, just I just want everyone yeah. to be happy and loved and successful at the same time. And it's just it's a hard yeah. thing to do, especially in our line of work. So every time we see something like that, that's why we always high five and we're like, we got this. Or if we're going through a hard time, we're really working through it. We then make sure after the fact that we let the other one know. How important they are to us because yeah. it's just it's hard it's hard what we do is hard marriage and life is is hard enough and then you throw in an entertainment career and it's it's all wild
1: yeah. and all of my love and support goes out to the family of Michael K Williams passed yeah. away very young at 54.
0: 54. iconic and career. he's he's up for an Emmy and the Emmys are in two weeks and he yeah. oh, a week a week from Sunday yeah the nineteenth and so for him to have passed like right before so his, young. So sad. And there was that awful murder suicide of the TikTok influencer, Instagram yeah. person. Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on her name. I feel horrible, but I don't really follow that world as much. But uh, she's gone. It, it's just the life is short and you just never know. And it's, it's, it puts things into perspective. Yeah. And I think it's wacky. And I always feel this way. Whenever there's death or tragedy, right as Rosh Hashanah is starting, it always makes me go, wait a sec, because it's the 10 day window between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, where they talk about your your name is sealed in the book of life for death for the next year and what's going to happen. Yeah. And so when someone passes like right in before and or on Rosh Hashanah or in this window, it's like, huh? Like, what's well, the. Here's the what? thing. I, my mind always goes down that rabbit hole of like, <laughs> well, what does that actually mean? And well, I mean, it, you're much more, again, we talk about this all the time. I'm much more of a traditionally cultural Jew and you're much more of a religious Jew. What's your take on that? Because my mind goes down a really weird well, philosophical he, thing with that.
1: <laughs> my take on it is um, if they were my family member or if they were part of my immediate circle. I think I would have a very different opinion um, mm. than somebody who I don't know their faith. Yeah, um, I I hope that um, within this window, if there are Jews within their orbit, that they're offering them solace and they're offering them a shoulder and an ear, um, and they're talking about this time period that this this time period of renewal, rebirth that is the the Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur cycle. um, And you talk about being bound up within the love of God and um, within the spirit of the Lord and all that stuff. And you hope that um, nobody's ascribing uh, meaning for themselves to something that happened to somebody else. Mm. Um, And I think that's the thing is religion is so personal. That's one of the reasons why I feel like organized faith and proselytizing and evangelizing people is like a really difficult, ugly, hard, like, aspect of faith. Um, And I I think it's really important for people to realize that your relationship with God, whatever God you have, even if your God is just morality and your God is just personal ethics, uh, you you don't believe in God, that's fine. As long as you're a good person, your personal ethic, as long as it's not, um, you know, like, really violent or anything like that shouldn't be a, uh, you shouldn't want other people to follow. Or I, I would phrase that really weirdly. Um, <laughs> you you shouldn't be imposing your religion. You shouldn't be imposing your ethics or morality on other people mm-hmm. unless it is to save a life. Um, and in that case, and only in that case should you use faith or religion to demand something of somebody um to save a life. And in the event that somebody doesn't want to be saved, that's a challenge and all all into itself. But Uh, faith faith is so faith is so deeply, deeply personal that any philosophical meaning I would derive from it is for me. Yeah. Wow. Okay. What what's your
0: philosophical (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean well just to connect that on Sunday we had my grandmother's unveiling, which it was very bittersweet because the unveiling typically happens six months to a year after the passing. But grandmommy died in February of 2020 and then COVID hit. So it has been a very bizarre 19 months of that initial mourning period. And I know Jason and I were talking about this the other day too. The more, You never stop mourning a person. That part's never fully gone, but this is that the chapter of closure of that initial period and to finally have had it my mom living here right now while that's been going on and seeing her go through it has been heavy and beautiful at the same time and because of COVID we couldn't open up the unveiling to everyone who wanted to be there so there was a zoom component but the immediate family was there and a few of the first cousins and it was a beautiful ceremony. Uh, Rabbi Jack Luxemburg, who we grew up with, he's the one who married us. He did my bat mitzvah. You know, he's he's family. He did Lila's baby naming. He'll do baby girl's baby naming, you know. Yeah. He, so he he's a member of the family. He really is. And so to have him be there was very special. And after he had given his speech slash portion of it, he had mom and Aunt Brenda and Aunt Julie each say something about their mother. And then Ivan, for the grandkids, step forward. And when Ivan stepped forward, This huge, beautiful monarch butterfly came diving in like right over his head, circled over mom, Brenda, and Julie twice, and then flew off. And Jason and I were both just like, (gasps) awestruck. It was incredible because there's been this thing since she passed in the, in the, with butterflies. And there have been butterflies who have like come to visit mom while she's sitting outside. And Lila, like this beautiful, that blue butterfly who was sitting on the ground and opening and closing its wings and fluttering around us for like 45 minutes. Was that in the fall before it got cold? I think that was in the fall. Yeah. And just to see this butterfly appear at that moment was very much like, hello, hi. And as everybody's walking to their cars, I stayed behind for a minute. One because I wanted to see the headstone. I hadn't really seen I, it. I didn't really get
1: a good look at it.
0: It was beautiful. I mean, mom and, and Brenda and Julie worked really hard to create something beautiful and it's got, you know, that that kind of goldish coppery kind of color and it's got these roses molding kind of around as a border. It's it's just it's beautiful. And there's a the spot for pop-up for when the time comes. And it just it's it's, it's a beautiful headstone. But to look at it, it just kind of, I was fine until they uncovered it, and then I got a little choked up, and so I was really just looking at it, and then I said, "I said, hey, I said hi to her, and, and showed her my belly, and it just, it was a, there's, there's a stigma with cemeteries where it's all just sad and depressing, and I do fall into that, unfortunately, of like, it's just a sad place, And Jason, yeah, you hear me? And Jason was saying, kind of as we were going on the night before, of no, they're just, it's a place where you can go and visit. And visit. It just means they're not really gone, even though physically they're gone. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because the
1: Hebrew Hebrew, um, word for gravestone is marker. Yeah. It's a marker. It's a marker as to where
0: they are that they were here. And right next to them, next to Grandmommy and, and Pop-Pop's plot, is pop parents, Jacob and Anna, and I'm named for Anna. And then on the other side is Stanley, and and, and uh, or, or Alan and Betty. And then at King David Memorial, our family's kind of all over the place. So, like, Grandy was there with Irv, and my great-grandparents are there. And it's just, it's... Even though there's a sadness around it, there's a bit of of, of odd sense of comfort whenever mm-hmm. we go, Started by family. And yeah. And Jason was like, I grew up not being able to go visit anybody. And you guys were right here. Didn't you ever go visit? And I was like, unless it was a funeral or unveiling, not really, no.
1: It's funny. I asked the same question of, uh, of Ivan. He said, yeah.
0: He goes sometimes? No, no,
1: that that your dad would take him and Seth sometimes. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. So that was Sunday. And then on Saturday, the day before, my mom and my aunts threw me a little baby sprinkle uh, a little, a little tea. It was very small again, just because of COVID. But it was so lovely, and baby girl and I felt very loved. And Lila was thrilled; she got some presents from baby sister, and it was it was just a very special weekend. And then Aunt Julie went back to Greece on Monday, so it's been a, and now it's the high holidays, so it's just been a, it's been a busy yeah week. And then Lila goes back to school tomorrow.
1: She does. Uh, this is uh, this became a much more. Um, it's a very different episode than I thought it was going to be. I thought we were going to talk about Shang Chi <laughs> and Legend of the no, Ten Rings. No, we, we,
0: we can we can dive into that but, too. We went out to celebrate Jason's birthday and finally saw that. What did you think?
1: Um, I think it's probably one of the top five Marvel movies.
0: I m- agree. Ever
1: made? Um, I was
0: engaged every single minute.
1: I thought the cast was sensational. Cast was
0: solid.
1: Um, was the uh, best
0: I've seen Aquafina.
1: Yeah, um, Tony Leung, who played um, uh, the Mandarin, um, he was, his arc, The one of the things about um, a lot of Marvel movies is the movies are as good as the villain, and when the villain's done really well and has a real arc and has a real justification for their actions.
0: I did not see that part of it coming at all, too. I had no idea he was even in it. Tony Leung? Oh, you said the Mandarin.
1: Yeah, no, I'm not talking about Ben Kingsley.
0: I was talking about Ben Kingsley for a second. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I didn't. I this, didn't if you see can that cannot part hear all... the
1: disappointment on my no, face, no, no, as no, because he said because
0: he, he said Mandarin, and I was like, oh my gosh, that was the funniest cameo. and Then they went with it. No, no, okay, you. No, mean he's
1: King. Trevor Slattery. Correct. He's not the Mandarin. He's the false Mandarin. He's the false Mandarin from this Iron Man Three. This
0: was the real Mandarin.
1: Yes. He, he, well, he's not really the Mandarin. Uh, Zhu Wenwu. Wenwu is. Um, his. His arc, his journey from, like, being a feudal warlord to falling in love and hanging up his weapons and then... For the family. For the family. And, and yeah. then when there's a loss, having to put his armor back on and all that. Like, it's a really beautiful story. Simu Liu, his, um he's great. Uh, Aquafina's great. The whole cast the is The whole really cast works so
0: well together. Yeah. Who played the sister? Uh, I hadn't seen her before.
1: The sister, Jailin? Is played by. Oh, I am going to butcher that. Uh, her <laughs> name in advance. is Mengir Zhang. Well, Zheng? she
0: was fantastic. They were all really good. Yeah,
1: I mean Michelle Yeoh always good. I
0: love Michelle Yeoh. She was um,
1: fabulous. Yeah, everyone was great. Uh, I the, 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 the there's really only one white. I mean Ben Kingsley is white, but. There's really like like two white characters, and they didn't do the typical whitewashing thing of the white person ends up being the one to save the day.
0: No, no, they didn't. Um,
1: I thought it was really great. Um, I, yeah, the movie is just. Did really you fun. do?
0: I think I asked you a couple days later because a lot of times Jason will be in the theater and a movie finishes. That was great. That was awesome. I loved it. And then he ripped it to shreds within forty-eight to seventy-two hours. And um, so I asked him, "Hey, did you do that with this one?" And he went. No, actually, no,
1: there's. The, <laughs> I could. I'm. There are some things that come really easily, really accidentally. There are some plot armory type things that happen in this film, um, like the fact that um, Katie's the one to shoot that thing at the end and do yeah yeah um, is very like. You know, like, well, we need to tell the story. Like, <laughs> this is her journey too, and that's
0: yeah, that's a little yeah. e- that's a
1: little easy because like her journey and like their their training journey in the the um I guess that's the I guess that's the end of the is they're, that the end of the second act beginning of the third they're
0: training Oh yeah yeah when they uh, when they get to the forest the or the forbidden
1: the tallow. Yeah. when they get there is that the third act. That's the thing.
0: It's getting into the third act. Is that the start of the third or the end of the second? Is it start of the third?
1: What would be the night?
0: Them arriving and being accepted is the end of the second, and then it goes into the third when they start preparing for the big battle.
1: But what's their false What's the false victory or the big loss at the end of Act Two that you typically use to catapult in Act Three? I. Mm. That's like the thing. Is like there's there's a a little bit of muddy structure for that.
0: Yeah, but it works.
1: Oh yeah, I'm not being critical. No, no, I'm no. Just no
0: but now I'm trying to think of what it. What it but actually it's a good. Was. It's
1: a good. I mean, not every film has to have that. It's a really good film. It's, it's a really, really but good film. It's
0: fun. It's entertaining. But it's actually good. Yeah.
1: The training. The training montage is a little a little wonky. cliche. It's little a little wonky. yeah, but
0: but it, I also but again, think it works. it's
1: a meta nod.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: uh, the the the.
0: <sighs> and I love the not the sister Aquafina. Is it her roommate or best friend from? Forever, who goes like, it's time to grow up, and her, you know, wealthy, well done fiance. And the way they're, they kind of diss them at the beginning, being like, come on, you're valet people, like, get, get, yeah, get two more. It. And then at the end, they're See telling this epic tale, and she's like, are you just making fun of me? Like, I don't appreciate this. They're like, no. And then all of a sudden, then Wong shows <laughs> Wong up. Wong shows up. Yeah. And they're like, all right, gotta come. And they yeah, like, I, th- I thought the it was humor in there. It was, was also like the, I great. think
1: for an origin film, I think it, um, they did a really great job of plugging it in, in the universe where it needed to be plugged in, continue to build the world, continue to ask questions of how much more expansive the world is, the Marvel universe, than they've really even touched into. Cause you're, I mean, Shang Shang Chi, as it was said in the seventies when the, when it was written is a very offensive, um, Intellectual property is very offensive IP, and so mm-hmm. they did a really great job of adapting it to tell uh, the like an immigrant story, uh, a journey of relationship to your legacy, uh, dealing with family problems, finding yourself. There's a really cool thing um, the the difference between uh, Tai Chi and was it, Wang it is uh, two different types of uh, Chinese martial arts. Mm-hmm. That, um, that
0: was beautifully done.
1: The, well, the closed fist that the, the storytelling they did with just the martial arts yeah. was, was beautiful. beautiful. And it was beautiful. like w- once, once Shang realizes to open,
0: open his hands.
1: hands, even when he's fighting his dad in the climax of the film. Yeah. That true. Oh, and they're
0: recreating literally the choreography and the dance of when he met the mom and the. It's beautiful. It's really, really well done, guys. Go check it out. I mean, even even I am fully endorsing this one. Yeah, no, I I
1: would definitely. And it's one of those movies that. I could watch it again.
0: Yeah, I could too.
1: Yeah, and I, it, I absolutely it, could. And it's one of those movies that I would lose two hours because I would, it'd be on, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah," but I'd on sit the down and then and you
0: actually watch yeah, it. Hundred percent. The one more scene, just I want to talk about. Well, there's so many scenes, but one scene that I just thought was so entertaining and fun was the first time they came and they were attacking him on the train on the bus on the bus to uh, get the his amulet. Yeah. And Aquafina is like, "Well, dude, look out!" And it's the first time he had to break out what he's been trained to do from his father from childhood. And you just see her being like, what is going on? And there's that guy live streaming it. Yeah. His commentary, it made it so 2021 the way we all just live on social media, what? there's the way it, in, in the height of this insane battle, this guy is full on well, commentating. He, that's his
1: second Marvel movie.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, he's been in another S- one. He was
1: in, a, he was in a Spider-Man movie and he shot yes. the Spider-Man and he goes, you know, Spider-Man, yes. do a backflip. And then Tom Holland Spider-Man does a backflip. That's
0: right. I, th- I thought he looked so familiar. He wasn't that. So
1: he's, he's a continuity. So he's going to be in. Now,
0: how is this going to fold into the multiverse? I mean, I mean, I know oh, everything's g- going to start melding and doing, but I'm very curious how they're going to bring this into that aspect.
1: Well, they did in the movie.
0: Well, they are, they touched upon it for sure. Well,
1: Where do you think the soul suckers came from? Well,
0: no, yeah, no, I know. So
1: there you go. Boom, done.
0: No, I meant I mean, in future movies, like, is it going to be like like the cameos or bringing so, this these characters in? So is what I mean, they
1: explain all of that within the movie. And I don't want to just like spoiler the okay, all, all of that's the things. We've fair. already done a really bad job of not spoiling. We'll so. just write
0: spoiler alert and I'll bold <laughs> the description here. But go see it. Super fun. Yeah.
1: See it multiple times. I also think it's really cool to see a film that is led by Asian actors, uh, Asian American actors and Asian actors. Um, that is an unapologetic Asian story. Yeah. That is very chinese it, Like the grandmother (laughs) steeped in Chinese lore.
0: Yeah.
1: And doesn't feel the need to over explain itself and dumb itself down for a white audience. It just is
0: living it and going along for the ride. It
1: explains itself. There's there there are some clunky exposition in some parts, but you know,
0: even the exposition though we were talking about that right afterwards. Normally exposition, it slows and drags and is weird. This was this was pretty great. How did you feel being back in a movie theater? Because we've only done that a couple times. Did you feel comfortable? Did you feel weird? Did you feel just with everything going on with Delta? Like, how did you feel?
1: Well, when that teenage girl started hacking oh up a lung behind gosh. us because she was choking on popcorn. You I hear a cough
0: that. in person <laughs> public now, and you're like, ah! It, it has done something psychologically to all of yeah, us. Yeah,
1: we all have trauma.
0: It is, it is wild. Because there weren't many people, and everybody was wearing their masks. No, there was one family who wasn't. But everybody else yeah, was wearing the, their the, masks.
1: But the kids weren't. The, the the adults were the kids weren't
0: coughing we were like
1: Rah! she was choking on the popcorn I know the
0: poor thing so she like eventually ran out to the bathroom but everyone was looking at she her she ran like, the wrong way first <laughs> she did yeah, it was she really did fun. it felt weird I just still feel very strange about doing that and going out and, and doing that and now and now there's this new variant that's been detected in LA the MU MU variant MU yeah. it's like oh man come on so <laughs> we're not we're not done with this yet Last thing, and again, I don't want to go political, but we have to mention it. What happened in Texas? Oh, fun! No, no, I, I, just, I just want to touch upon it. What, what is your? Because you and I haven't really even talked about it much. What is your feeling? Like, because everyone oh. on Facebook and you know Instagram and all of that, they're posting all of these things, and I just being pregnant and caring right now, I feel like. I, I'm in a very here's, bizarre spot for it, but how do you feel about what is going on in Texas?
1: It's disgusting. It's mm-hmm. anti American. It reminds me of Soviet Russia. It reminds me of the Red Scare. It reminds me of Nazi Germany. Because now, here's the thing you can be pro life. I mean, personally, personally, I believe I, I'm, I am against abortion. If I were pregnant as a man, I can't get pregnant. But if I were pregnant as a man, I wouldn't get an abortion, even if I didn't want to have the child. However, since I can't elect to either be pregnant or get an abortion, I don't believe there's legislation that should come between a doctor and their patient. Um, and as a result of that type of legislation being pushed forward to six weeks, most people don't, don't know, know
0: they're pregnant until yet.
1: about five and a half weeks, which means you've got like a solid... Two to three day window to schedule. Anyway.
0: Not going like, to lie. Most people don't know till seven or eight weeks. I
1: know. Like
0: they don't even know. N- at the, there
1: weeks. was like a stat that said the average pregnancy is discovered at five and a half weeks. But that's, that's not. That, yeah, that's, that, uh, that's, that, that's, that's the average, that's, I would say. That's yeah. totally beside the point. Yeah. The point is, is that if somebody is going through the process of even contemplating an abortion, that is the hardest decision and deeply deeply personal decision for any person who can carry a child to make. So is it my right to legislate them? No. Is it my right to tell them how to be or to judge them morally or ethically? No. I might do it personally in private, but that's not my right to make a public stand on it. It's not my right to legislate their ability to do that between them and a doctor.
0: It's their body, their choice, their... Yeah. I think... I you mean, can't
1: you can't catch pregnancy. This isn't like I, wearing I a mask. I am also
0: in the because if you say pro life, all of a sudden it's like, ah, yes, no. I I've, the it, and every being deserves the chance. And again, there's yeah, adoption but- and there are things, but there are so many horrible things that can happen. Whether it's a result of incest or rape, that's one thing alone. Another is what if at the anatomy scan at twenty weeks you find out the baby's missing half a brain and isn't going to make it to term. Or something is, is horribly wrong and it's going to kill the mother in the process. Yeah. Or, I mean, there are, and we know people personally where this has happened to, but then all of these stories that have been coming out these last few days, which again, as a woman pregnant at 34 weeks, I need to stop reading these because it's not good for my headspace right now, No, but I'm also so supportive of these women who are coming forward, telling their heartbreaking stories. There was one last night, this, this mom uh, had a picture of her newborn son on, on you know, he's all bundled up and looks so cute. He's in a swaddle. And she goes, this is my son. He was a twin. And we lost his sister. At the, at the 20-week anatomy scan, they saw that there were these horrific issues with, with the baby girl, unfortunately. And they went to all these specialists to confirm it. And they had to make the gut-wrenching decision.
1: Of saving their son's of, life.
0: It's called a reduction. But terminating the, the one twin... So the other one could survive because if they both stayed in there, they were going to be preterm and the boy would most likely not survive either. And they had to make this. And what right, I mean, talk about a, a family's heartbreaking. I mean, they have to live with that for the rest of their life about their daughter, but then their son is here versus losing both of them because they didn't have a choice and harming the mother in the process of that. And I mean that's just one of a million stories, but there's this whole thing going around of I support so and so, and they say why I support so and so. And have you read that one? There's like no. 25 stories in there. And I just, let alone Handmaid's Tale and what's going back and women's right. I mean, there's all of this stuff going on, but this one's just hitting close. And I think it's because I'm 34 weeks pregnant. I'm just seeing it from a different side. I don't engage with this stuff on social media. I just I can't I can't go there. But I'm going down the rabbit hole and reading stuff, and it is it is heartbreaking and sickening seeing the insane divide and how many people are supporting. Well, screw that. It's life, so it doesn't matter what that means to you. Bring this to life. When then after babies are born, it's like... They They're don't lost. care. Right. Well, uh, It's just it's unbe- it's unbelievable to me and I just cannot believe that this actually went through in Texas. So and I hope this does not start something in other
1: It will. Oh, 100% God. will. Um oh, boy. that's why that's why when um RBG passed away that there was such concern about the oh, I mean yeah. Roe is going to get challenged oh, yeah. ASAP. My concern. Look, <laughs> abortion ban after 6 weeks it's atrocious. The the Atrocious. the scary thing about it is the ten thousand dollar potential payout for informing right. on people. Then there's
0: that. What that's, is that?
1: That to me, it, that's what. Com- that's what's communist. That's Soviet. That yes. That's Nazi. That's saying
0: you'll get paid to turn people in for like what?
1: Well, and you can allege it. The the from what I understand, and this could be speaking out of school, that if you believe somebody has uh, either a physician. Or a mother has terminated a pregnancy after six weeks, you can turn them in. You, you don't have to have proof. You can allege it. And if it comes to light, you can get a $10,000 payout.
0: That just put chills up and down my body because that's like Salem witch trial stuff. No. Like.
1: It's much more recent than that.
0: No, 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 I know. Oh, yes. Yes, but it's, that's where my mind went to. Of of it's there. It's just crazy. It's
1: they're hiding Jews in their attic. Yeah, burn their house down. Yeah, it's they're not a party member. Send them Take to them the gulag. Mm-hmm. It's well, and it's like the Red Scare in the fifties. Mm. It's I mean, it's just it's like I it, just
0: can't believe in twenty twenty one something like this is going on. Can't you though? I mean, can't, I can't you? Unfortunately, I can. It just. There are certain things where history repeats itself, and you're like, "Really, it's doing that?" And then there are times where it repeats, and you're like, "Really, yeah, that's happening." Yeah, and it just sickens me it's, to no end.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a pretty um, uniquely American problem.
0: Very very. Ugh.
1: Well, because like, there's plenty of other countries around the world that have uh, bans on abortion, um, but I feel like we um, we just don't teach history well. No, And as a result of not teaching history well, we've got a lot of really dumb people (laughs) making decisions based solely on what will keep them in office.
0: I saw a great meme the other day, and it made me finally go, huh, okay, I understand a little bit more about certain things. It says, please don't confuse, or I wish people would not confuse education with intelligence. And I was like, I just never thought about it that way, because people are like, "I went to this Ivy League school, or I did this, or I did that." Yeah, but you're a moron, right? <laughs> right. It, I mean, it just there's so much more to just an education. It's actually being a well-rounded human wow. with, you know, a moral compass. Is Edu- kind of all I can say at the moment with all of this. Education. But it's, education is very important. Ed- Don't well, get me wrong. Education. is <laughs> Very, very important. And. But it doesn't automatically make you a brilliant. Intelligent individual. The
1: amount of entitlement in this country yeah. is disgusting mm-hmm. because it's and it, it flows on both sides of the political spectrum. But specifically in this moment, it's it makes me, like um, putting on my MAGA hat, it makes <laughs> me uncomfortable that other people do things that make me uncomfortable. Therefore, I have to legislate away their ability to do the things that make me uncomfortable as a yet at the same time being pro-individual liberty and pro-individual rights and pro-state rights. Those two yeah. things cannot exist inside of a human being at, the same, at time, the same time. legitimately. Yeah. You're either pro-individual liberty, individual freedom, individual rights. And you need to legislate yeah. and you just want to legislate and protect against the bad people, or you're a zealot religious bigot who wants to make sure that nobody can live a life other than the life that you want them to live. Yeah. And that is not American. No. Yes, our, our country was founded on abusing people and uh, taking wealth and um, terrible things. But the American ideals that we're all trying to live up to, this notion of all people are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, we're taking those away actively.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's so disheartening. It
0: really Regardless
1: is. if you believe in God, we all have certain rights. And yes, the right to life is a really complicated discussion. It but is. that is a complicated is. discussion for a individual person who is pregnant to have with their individual her medical body, practitioner. There. There. You're correct. Your,
0: thank you for the correction. Their body, their uterus, their
1: Choice. decision. Yeah, and this is not you can't catch pregnancy. No. You can't catch an abortion. This isn't COVID.
0: That was the other thing I wanted to ask you. As a man, they're also going, and I actually agree with this the more I think about it. A woman can have sex with a hundred different men in a hundred different days.
1: And get pregnant once. One time. Uh, Maybe. One time. In a really...
0: In an insanely rare case twice. I mean, that did happen last year with that woman in, in, in Europe where the babies were conceived like a month apart. And they were technically twins, but conceived a month apart. So rare. A man can have sex with a hundred different women over a hundred different days and could quite possibly father a hundred...
1: Plus. A hundred plus children. Children. Plus
0: if there are multiples. So why is the female body being the one regulated constantly with birth control? And they were talking about how there should be mandatory vasectomies because those are reversible, and when they can prove, and when everyone's ready and be like, hey, we're ready to have a family and be a father and be a mother and do this, reverse it and have children. Well, okay. Now, yes, that <laughs> opens up a whole nother floodgate, but the fact that only the women have been the ones who have been persecuted on this, and it's you must be regulated and you must do this. As a man, I see your body language, as a man... What is your thought on that of, and maybe not mandatory, but as a birth control option, having young boys who should not be fathering people at 13, As this is just one example, having a vasectomy and then reversing it down the line as a birth control method, not saying it's the exact thing to do, but about putting it on the table. As a man, how do you feel about that?
1: Uh, I don't think it's a viable idea. Why not? Um, because I don't think that you should be yeah, inserting legislation between a doctor and their patient.
0: No, no, no. You're not answering my question.
1: <laughs> yes, I am. You're talking a about... A girl
0: ma- is told you must be on birth control and it's all on you to not get pregnant.
1: No, 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 You're You're talking about mandatory vasectomies. No, no.
0: And then I said, and then I took it right back and said, not mandatory, as an option of birth control,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. Getting D-
0: the men and the D- boys involved in it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing as wearing a condom. It's the the personal onus should be on both parties.
0: It should be on both parties.
1: Yeah, the, but our country. Um,
0: That's what I'm saying. They only target women and put it all on women.
1: But it's 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 Western society. Society writ large. Men are afraid of women. Terribly afraid of women. So
0: they have a weird way of showing it.
1: We have, for generation upon generation, (laughs) demeaned women, made them feel less, made them feel dirty, made them feel shameful. And as a result of that, we have um, created a system that coddles male misbehavior. And um, I think that, yeah, teach that, yeah, if you want to go have rampant sex, you should consider getting a vasectomy before you go do that. That's cool. If you want to teach it that way. Um, But... I also think that um, vasectomy doesn't have all of the, this is layman, um, fringe benefits that um, uh, birth control and that type of hormonal regulation has for certain women. Um,
0: How so? Go into that a little bit. What do you mean?
1: From my understanding, uh, certain birth controls help clear up acne. Um, From my understanding, certain birth controls help uh, make certain people's cycles a little bit more even for them.
0: It can hormonally. It can uh, also cause horrible blood clots. And
1: I agree. Look, it's the thing is, I'm a man. I have absolutely no opinion of what a woman should do with their body.
0: I think that's at what the head of this whole thing is. Men and the government have no right or place attempting to govern a woman's body and their choice. And it's yeah. just
1: but we you're not going to um you're 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 not going to America is way too broken, way too misogynist and way too all about that patriarchy to get that the responsibility falls on young men. Um because we don't teach male responsibility except you have to be the provider. You like we we teach a really broken type of masculinity in this we country. Do. And the reality is is that if you want to teach men how to be loving and good men, they need to learn how to be responsible for themselves
0: yeah it's just it's the hypocrisy, and that just like you're saying at the patriarchy and all these like the broken system, I'm blanking on his name now was it brock the 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 blonde young guy in college who raped the girl, and then they were like, "Who well, cares about his name it, he, the he sh- it's gonna mess up his future." He shouldn't be held accountable for 20 minutes of an action of what a drunk girl says, blah, 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 And he had like this very minimized sentence. Yet split right next to it on this meme is this picture of a pregnant belly. And it's like what you just said, $10,000 for this and it's illegal and, and regulate this and regulate that. And just the difference of man, woman in America well, in 2021 then- it's just well, and, mind-boggling Then you And then you can, you can
1: break that out even more racially, and it gets even <gasps> oh, scarier. Oh, gosh, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because like our, our medical institutions don't t- treat people of color particularly well. The way we've completely gutted um, the... The African American male population, because of our ridiculous penal system, and we've put in place a lot of situations that perpetuate cycles of violence and poverty mm-hmm. and fatherlessness in certain um, demographics. And it just perpetuates it like,
0: and keeps the cycle going.
1: It's not. Um, it's not something that can't be fixed. It can be fixed with patience, hard work. And a lot of reaching across aisles to people who have dis, uh, disparate beliefs about certain things and understanding that the common goal, having a common goal of, uh, of peace, solemnity, and, and mutual uh, admiration and appreciation and growth can overcome certain religious, um, socioeconomic, and um, racial divides. Because if as a, a, like, my family are immigrant white people. Yeah. We're Jews, so for a long history of our family, we weren't considered white. We are considered Jews, and we are considered other. It's my responsibility as a Jewish person who's been treated as an other to make sure every other other group is brought into the fold. Yeah, not my fault, not not mine. I don't need them to believe and do things the way I believe, but I need them to come together so that we can all have a shared common voice of enough is enough never again, let's be better. And the way to do that is to have individual conversations with individual people, to not say just because somebody is conservative or because they're a born-again Christian or because they're a devout Muslim or Sikh or atheist or this, that, or the other, that you have to write them off completely. Have a conversation. Love people. And that's the thing that really just like this, it's born, all of this is born of such a violent distaste, distrust, and hate of women that it kills me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can see it. You're getting on. I can, I can see it. Well, I didn't mean for that segment to go that well, long. That's all good. But I just, I wanted to touch upon it because I just cannot wrap my mind fully around what's happening and it breaks my soul.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's a responsibility of elite artists, entertainers, and uh, actors to, um, artists, entertainers, athletes, and actors to uh, not do stuff in Texas. Oh, yeah. Suck up the money. You're already Don't rich. not do
0: it don't do it Not right to now. tell you
1: how to do things for your own money, <laughs> but like seriously. No,
0: but I, I Don't go to Texas. You. Right. Just,
1: Just don't go to Texas until they fix gotta, that. Gotta make
0: a stand until they fix Even, that.
1: Because the only place, the only thing that those people really care about is their pocketbooks.
0: Yep. So hit them
1: where it hurts. Yep. At the bank.
0: Oof. Well, on that lovely note. <laughs> I love you. I love you. I love my daughters. I love our daughters. I
1: want to protect them yes. from these violent, scary men.
0: Absolutely. One thousand percent. Goodness gracious. But I do, I love you. Shana Shanatova. And thank you all for tuning in. Like you say. I'm Amelia
1: Myers. I'm Jason Rosenwald. And this, this has, has been, been Married, Married to Hollywood. Hollywood. Talk
0: to you later. Love you.
1: Bye. Black Lives Matter. Yes. Love is love. Love
0: is love is love.
1: I love you. Love each other. Thank you for listening. Take care. Be safe.
0: Bye. Bye.